Welcome. This is the Intimacy Podcast. Here you'll find clean sex talk, answers to your intimate questions, and practical advice to take your relationship to the next level. I'm your host, certified intimacy coach and instructor, Rhonda Farr. While this podcast is not rated explicit, some content may not be suitable for younger listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Intimacy Podcast. This week I was talking to my husband about something that had to do with one of our kids and I was telling him how um, I thought we should handle this situation that we had going on. I had some thoughts and ideas that were kind of new that we hadn't discussed before and I could tell he wasn't so sure about what I had said. And so I calmly asked him what his thoughts were and what he was feeling And he calmly shared his thoughts and uncertainties about my ideas. Then we proceeded to have more exchange about our kids in general and about how each of them are different. We talked about how some of them communicate and respond more like me. We talked about how some of them comprehend things and uh, respond and communicate more like he does. Now, I know this sounds like a pretty boring story to some of you. But those of you who listened to my last podcast, last episode, you might understand that this is actually a pretty big deal. (laughs) We spent so many years struggling to communicate. I've mentioned this before, so it's probably not a surprise to you if you're not new to the podcast. I used to be so angry, and he was so passive when I got that way. Maybe he was passive in general. (laughs) But we didn't even come to any real resolutions this past week when we were talking about the subject at hand with our kids and how we wanted to handle it. There was no like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Or, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I understand. Well, there was a lot of understanding. But there wasn't really a resolution to the subject at hand. But here's the cool thing. We both felt heard. We both felt like our thoughts and opinions were valid at the end of the conversation. We walked away from this exchange understanding each other so much better. After we finished talking, I seriously sat there and just expressed gratitude for the connection I felt with him. Isn't that crazy? We didn't even agree with each other, really. No one felt like they got their way, so to speak. And by the way, there have been plenty of times that he has gone along with me and what I wanted, and I have gotten my way, and I still felt completely disconnected and not supported by him. Isn't that weird? This time, we didn't come to a resolution. Nobody went along with anybody, but we both felt understood. We both felt valid in our concerns and heard. And I didn't even ask him later, but I felt so connected to him after that conversation. Whereas other times, he's gone along with me. I've done it exactly how I wanted to. And I felt completely disconnected and like our relationship sucked. (laughs) Isn't it interesting how that works? Sometimes we think it's about getting the outcome that we desire. Or maybe we think about... It's we need to stand up for ourselves and we need to win this time so we can feel better. I'm telling you guys, true intimacy and and connection 
is so much more than someone just letting you have your way. As Jason and I have been figuring this out, it's creating a pivotal turning point in our marriage. As we've been able to understand ourselves better and share that understanding without all the drama, it creates such a sense of closeness for us. I've had several of you reach out to me lately who are struggling to feel like your contributions and opinions are valid in your relationship. Many of you are telling me that you feel like you're not being seen, you're not being heard, and your opinions and ideas don't seem to matter when it comes to the decisions that are being made in regards to your relationship and in regards to the family as a whole. I have a lot of good information for each and every one of you out there who are listening to me today, but I have a very specific invitation to those of you who feel like you're in a bit of a mismatch relationship as far as being an equal and valued partner. Maybe some of you are the more dominant partner. We've talked a little bit about that before. This is going to be really helpful for you today. Maybe some of you are the less dominant partner. Maybe you're a little bit more passive. I think you're going to learn a lot from today too. It's very, very normal for there to be a partner who's a little bit more outspoken and one who's a little bit more passive. That's okay. But sometimes we'll have a partner who calls all the shots, no matter what. This partner assumes all decision-making. This partner is someone who will ensure that everything will be done their way, and they think that they need that to happen to be happy. We also will often have a partner who is so afraid to own their own opinions and feelings and are in turn too scared to share them or perhaps are incapable of being an equal voice in the marriage. The dynamic created out of these tendencies that I just mentioned can be the culprit to one of the biggest blocks of intimacy in a marriage or relationship. The reason this is so damaging is because neither partner feels fulfilled. Neither partner is able to be open and truly share their vulnerability with the other. It constantly feels like there's this gap between the two of you, no matter what. Like I said, even if you get your way, even if you walk away and don't get into a fight and you're just like kind of pushing it all under so it won't stir the pot, you still don't feel connected because it feels like there's this big gap between the two of you. If you're listening to me right now and what I described sounds familiar to you, and you've been feeling like there has to be a better way to communicate in your marriage, I'm talking to you right now. You're right. There is a better way. And I'm completely confident I can help you figure that out. I understand this dynamic so well because I have lived it. I lived it for years. My husband and I struggled with it for so long until we finally learned the skills to overcome these same issues in our own marriage. I understand exactly what that's like. It affects every part of your relationship. The emotional intimacy, vulnerability, physical intimacy, decision-making, feelings of self-esteem, all of it. And I really want to help anyone else out there who's struggling with this same type of intimacy block. Our mar- like I said, our marriage struggled for years And I can only wish that I'd had someone to guide us through it when we needed the help the most. 
I'm going to talk about it here today on the podcast, but please, you guys, if you're out there listening and I just described your relationship, I want you to reach out to me personally. As always, there's going to be a link to my scheduling page in the podcast description. I've got open spaces on my calendar specifically for you. It's the easiest thing to do and it's totally confidential. Okay, you just click the link, you choose a time that works for you, you fill in a line or two, and I'll call you on the phone during your chosen time slot to have a little consult for me. I'm going to provide you with the opportunity to talk to somebody who's unbiased to finally tell your story in a place that feels safe and get some objective help. Listen, I don't judge either side of this. Honestly, I don't because I know the intentions are usually good. We're not usually trying to go out there and sabotage our marriage. It's just that we don't understand what we're doing and we don't understand how negatively it's affecting our relationship. All right, guys, it's super easy to do. And I'm telling you, it could be the turning point for your marriage. I know it was for mine and I am grateful every day. I know that sounds so cheesy, but seriously, I'm grateful every day that we finally got it straightened out. Now we can be happy. Now we can disagree and walk away feeling connected. Most of you are here because you value your marriage, and I know you want those same things. Even if your marriage isn't tense and terrible right now, I know you want things to be as good as possible. You want to have a happy relationship. It's human nature for us to long for connection and understanding, right? Like we have that herd um, mentality or We have that desire to be together because it literally at one time meant survival for the human species. So I think our brains are just hardwired to be connected, hardwired to be together and procreate and live in communities and help and protect one another. Many of us believe that these experiences are just a result of two people who love each other, right? If we love each other enough, then we'll just figure this out and we'll be happy. It sounds a little silly to say it like that, but I truly used to think if my husband loved me enough or if I loved him enough, we'd somehow naturally know how things um, should be done and we'd know all the right things to do that would make each other so happy. (laughs) Maybe you're not as naive as I was. Um, Maybe some of you are though. Perhaps you understand that it takes a little bit of effort and purpose to create this strong connection that we desire, but even still, if we are aware of it, most of the world has no idea how to create a relationship of unconditional love, connection, and understanding, right? We know we want it. We know that it takes some work, but we're just not quite sure what work we should be doing or how we should be doing it. I was having a conversation with a friend who also happens to be a clinical psychologist recently. And during that conversation, he said, you know, you really have to be intimate with yourself before you can really be intimate with another person. And it struck me when he said that, and I've been pondering it ever since our conversation. It's obviously true. I've shared similar sentiments before as I've talked about being your authentic self and allowing another person to know you as you truly are. Because really, think about it. How can we allow ourselves to be truly known and loved, truly accepted, if we ourselves don't even know who we are? It's hard for us to put out the real 
um, the real persona if we don't know what that is. Now, of course, also it's easier for us to point out our partner's flaws than to be introspective and figure those things out about ourselves, right? It's much easier to say, you're doing this and this is causing the problem than it is to find the beam in our own eye. I have been there so many times, myself included. I always want to say, well, it's somebody else, okay? But a key component of my work that I've been practicing religiously lately and also teaching my clients is noticing and sharing what we're actually experiencing inside, especially during times of conflict and disagreement. These emotional moments are precisely when we need to notice and uncover what we're genuinely feeling and wanting. Let's think about the dynamic I mentioned with the more dominant and the less overt partner. How do you think this plays out in the details of their relationship? Some of you know because you're living it. The more dominant partner often thinks they know exactly what they want and how things should be, but they don't often slow down to discover why they feel that way. They don't often take the time to evaluate if they like the person they're being when they're trying to control. They don't usually take the time to understand where that need to control comes from and if it really serves their relationship after all. Does the attempt to control deliver the desired result in the relationship as a whole? Most of my clients find that it usually does not. It usually leads to disconnect and frustration for both people involved. They're actually sabotaging the intimacy in the relationship without even knowing it because they haven't gotten to know themselves well enough. Do you see how there's so much to be learned and shared and managed as we get more in tune with who we are? Let's think about the quieter partner. They often have the knee-jerk reaction to just comply for the sake of keeping the peace. They will literally shut down their own thoughts and ideas so there won't be a fight or conflict. They decide that they can't be open and honest about who they really are. They believe that their opinions aren't wanted, aren't valuable, so they just shut down that part of themselves. They often shut themselves down so quickly they no longer even know what they want and yearn for in the marriage. It can sometimes feel like a loss of identity in many cases, which can also lead to symptoms of depression and lack of desire. When this more submissive partner isn't willing to do the hard work and show their authentic self in the relationship, there's no way they can be accepted and valued completely because they aren't allowing those parts of themselves to be seen. Again, creating the opposite result of what they really want out of their relationship. I realize that most of us describe intimacy involving a relationship between two people. Today, I want you to think about the idea of self-intimacy first and how personal intimacy can lead to the most connected interpersonal intimacy. This might sound a bit confusing, so I want to break it down a bit. Google tells us that intimacy is defined as close familiarity or relations. Self is defined as a person's essential being that distinguishes them from another. So self-intimacy is about being aware of your own feelings, caring about those feelings and sharing them with your partner, not resisting the opportunity to be seen and known 
in relation to these vulnerable parts of yourself. And intimacy can include verbal, sexual, non-sexual, active expressions of love, all of these things that we often think about. So in the examples I just described, can you see how learning about your own sense of self and managing those thoughts and feelings first would trickle over into the marriage for these types of partners? When the more dominant partner starts to see their behavior and lean into why they want that control so badly and what they might be afraid of if they relinquish that control, When they allow themselves to go there and explore and feel and learn from all of it, that's where true intimacy starts. That's where it takes root, right? Can you see it? You get all open and close with that stuff that you've either been afraid of for so long or perhaps you've just ignored it because you had no idea it was causing such a problem in your marriage. And when you start becoming aware... You can actually talk about it. You can share it with your spouse. You give them the chance to understand you on a deeper level as you become more aware of yourself on a deeper level. It's the same for the less dominant partner as well. You start noticing that you're the one who's choosing not to share your thoughts and opinions and you ask yourself why. What am I afraid of? Where does this come from? What might happen if I'm honest and I don't give in all the time? So what if my partner doesn't agree with what I'm saying, right? You don't agree with what they're saying half the time. How does this feel to constantly be acting out of fear and disempowerment? When you get clear on those things and you take note of how it's affecting you and your relationship, then you can become more clear enough to have a conversation, right? You can be clear enough to have a conversation about all of the things and then be objective about it. You give your spouse the gift of knowing the real you with all of the raw and real thoughts and feelings that you've been bearing for so long. Now, you might be saying, well, my spouse doesn't want to know the real me. They reject it when I put those things out there. Maybe they will sometimes. What I'm asking of you is to be brave enough to say it anyway. To at least give the other person the opportunity to know who you are. I had a client who said once, well, why would I want to say something if they're not going to agree with it? Or why would I want to voice my opinion If they won't accept it. Because as you stay true to yourself, number one, you're in a more empowered place. But number two, that is where true connection is found. Even if your spouse doesn't agree with you, letting them see all parts of you is part of that true connection. Now listen, I'm not saying that you put yourself in a position where somebody's going to go and take all your vulnerable information and tell the world or maybe in an abusive situation that you have to just be so vulnerable and open. That's not what I'm saying. But when you're in a relationship that you truly do want to feel that connection and there are two people who love each other who are trying, the more you bury and stuff who you are, The worse you're going to feel, the less you're going to know yourself, and you're never giving your spouse an opportunity to know who you are and to actually work out 
the issues that you have between you, right? If you keep doing what you've been doing, your pattern, you'll stay stuck in the same patterns. Can you see that self-intimacy is the first step to creating true and connected intimacy with another human? I'm not going to say this is super easy. It's usually pretty uncomfortable, actually. There's a reason why so many of us just try to ignore negative emotions and muscle through life and relationships. Negative emotions don't feel great, and we'd rather them just go away and go away quickly. We don't want to admit that we're vulnerable. I've had similar aversions to negative emotions most of my life, so I totally get why you feel that way. But these days, I'm telling you guys, I think about emotions in a very, very different way. I heard someone once describe uh, negative emotions in their life as a signal. I just love that. It's such an unbiased way of thinking about it. She wasn't mad about her emotions. She wasn't indulging in them. She just said she knew that certain emotions meant there was something going on for her, and she took them as a signal to look a little deeper to figure out what was underneath. In my mind, as she um, kind of gave that little analogy, I was actually thinking about a smoke alarm. You know how it is when a smoke alarm goes off when you're not expecting it. It's loud. It's obnoxious. You want it to stop, but you're also super grateful that there is a warning for possible danger when you need it. When you hear a smoke alarm go off, you'll probably want to investigate what's going on. You want to know if you should take measures to protect yourself or your home. You don't just ignore it. You learn from it. You collect information. Then you manage the situation to the best of your ability. What if the next time you feel an unwanted emotion start to vibrate through your body, you just acknowledged it as a signal to check things out? What if you leaned into the emotion and you got really familiar with the thoughts and patterns that accompanied the unwanted emotion? What if you didn't judge yourself for feeling that way? Rather, you accepted the signal to address what might be lurking underneath the surface. I know this isn't how most of us have been taught to think about unwanted emotions. So many of us are completely disengaged from our feelings altogether. I realize this isn't something that comes naturally for most of you, but I promise you, you can learn and acquire this skill just like anything else. It just takes practice. So like most things in life, If you're looking to improve the intimacy you'll feel with your partner, it's best to start with yourself. Make sure you go to the podcast description right now and take me up on that invitation to do a consult call with me. True intimacy starts within and I can teach you how to do it. (laughs) 